Hello and welcome to the top story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of correspondents from around the world. And Wang Chang coming up in this edition. Wildfires across Greece have abated, but firefighters are still battling on several fronts, including on Rose Island. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan says China's development is not a threat. And Thursday marks the 70th anniversary of the signing of the armistice that ended fighting on the Korean Peninsula. We start off in Europe. Wildfires across Greece have abated, but firefighters are still battling on several fronts, including on Rose Island. Authorities have downgraded the risk to three on a scale of one to five. More than 20,000 holidaymakers and locals have been leaving the resort island. Evangelos Sipsas reports. Helen finally made it to the airport. She was supposed to leave last Saturday, but her summer holiday was extended because of the wildfires. The only thing on her mind now is getting home. So we missed our flight because all the roads were closed because the fire was across the road. So we've been here longer, so we're very exhausted and we want to get home now. Although for the first few hours everything seemed calm, safe and far away, the scene changed quickly for Helen and her daughter, with smoke covering them in a few minutes. We were told we were safe because we were nowhere near the fire. So we, we just thought we could, we could just see it and smell it and we, the flames were, it was like orange and black smoke coming over. But we were just told, we're not near the fire, you're safe, it's just the flames. But then the smoke got thicker so we had to be evacuated. Scary. The wildfires that broke out over a week ago forced the evacuation of thousands of tourists. As the fire reached the resorts and hotels, many scrambled to find a seat on buses, while others hugged their suitcases fleeing on pickup trucks. And some decided to drive anywhere away from the fires. Sorry, trying to get outside. Going south. What, what, are the, what are the authorities tell you? Just get out straight away. That's what we're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Stay safe. Thank you, and you. At the airport, things are now calm. While thousands of tourists continue to arrive trying to get home, they are greeted by long queues, but also helpful representatives from different countries. They are here to make their journey a bit more pleasant. Germany, Austria, Italy and the United Kingdom have all sent government representatives to assist people who have lost their belongings, their documents, their flights or those who just need some support. Though the first couple of days the airport here was total chaos, things now seem to be moving smoother. The first day was uh, difficult because of the number of the people that have been uh, affected and because it was something unprecedented and uh, uh, sudden. Um, however, uh, with goodwill from all sides, uh, we managed to tackle the situation. While the wildfires continue to burn on the popular island of Rhodes, it has become a nightmare for many locals and tourists. A nightmare that seems to have ended for Helen. There was Evangelos Sipsis on Rose Island in Greece. In nearby Turkey, President Recep Tayyip Erdogan says China's development is not a threat. He met with visiting senior Chinese diplomat Wang Yi in Ankara and called for closer cooperation under the Belt and Road Initiative. Erdogan said Turkey does not support NATO's increasing presence in Asia-Pacific. Wang urged China and Turkey to deepen political trust and promote strategic and practical cooperation. The Chinese diplomat also met Turkish Foreign Minister Hakan Fidan, 
Mikhail Butvid reports from Ankara. Wang Yi stated that disputes should be resolved through dialogue and consultation. He also stressed that China aims to work with Turkey to advance cooperation within the Belt and Road Initiative. On economic cooperation, China's senior Chinese diplomat said his country is willing to import more high-quality products from Turkey and encourage more Chinese enterprises to invest in the country. Hakan Fidan added that the two countries can strengthen cooperation in various fields, including energy, aviation and tourism. The leaders also discussed regional issues, including the latest developments in Ukraine. Mr. Wang Yi's visit to Turkey follows his participation at a two-day meeting of the BRICS National Security Advisors in Johannesburg, South Africa. So the leaders also had the opportunity to discuss economic cooperation with just a month left until the 15th BRICS summit that will take place in South Africa in August. That was Mikhail Butvid on senior Chinese diplomat Wang Yi's visit to Turkey. Moving on to North America. Some members of the UN Security Council have condemned Russian attacks that hit grain supplies along the Ukrainian coast. Moscow has denied intentionally targeting grain infrastructure. Security Council members also condemned Russia's attempts to block Ukrainian grain exports. China, meanwhile, has called for the revival of the Black Sea grain deal. Jody Jacobs reports from New York. The United Nations says recent attacks by Russian forces hitting Ukraine's grain supplies signal a dangerous escalation in violence and must stop at once. Earlier this week, Russia launched missile and drone strikes on Odessa, damaging infrastructure in the Black Sea port, one of the main hubs for Ukraine's exports. Officials say more than 60,000 tons of grain have been destroyed in the past week. In a Security Council briefing on Wednesday, the United Nations says such attacks impacting the export of food to the rest of the world could be life-threatening to millions of people. These attacks targeting Ukraine's grain export facilities, similarly to all attacks against civilians and civilian infrastructure, are unacceptable and must stop immediately. I must emphasize that attacks against civilians and civilian infrastructure may constitute a violation of international humanitarian law. Russia denies its military purposefully targets grain silos or any other civilian infrastructure. Yet some Security Council members on Wednesday sounded unconvinced. China repeated its calls to both parties of the conflict to refrain from attacking civilians, civilian infrastructure or cultural heritage sites and revive the Black Sea grain deal. It says alleviating the food crisis and containing any spillover effects on the world is imperative. Russia refused to participate in this specific meeting of the Security Council. Meanwhile, at a separate meeting of the Security Council, the UN said it was also concerned about attacks on cultural and heritage sites in Ukraine, with the UN Secretary General condemning such attacks. UN officials say since February 24, UNESCO has verified damage to 274 cultural sites, including 117 religious sites. That was Jody Jacobs reporting. Students in Florida will have a new curriculum on African-American history when they return to school next month. Civil groups, activists and educators are outraged at what they think is an attempt to cover up racism. Nisa Soledad Perez has details. Nothing was removed, including 
uh, what, what we continue to say is the, the good, the bad, and the ugly in American history. Despite protests and claims of inaccuracy, the Florida Board of Education has approved a controversial new curriculum for African American history. Starting this fall, students in grades 6 through 8 will be taught that slavery had personal benefits for some black people with the State Education Board says developed skills while enslaved. I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into, into doing things later, later in life. The new standards are part of Governor DeSantis' political agenda to eliminate what he calls liberal indoctrination in public schools. It's quickly become a national story. Vice President Kamala Harris came to Florida last week to denounce the move. It involved some of the worst examples of, of, of depriving people of humanity in our world. Opponents also criticize the curriculum for depicting violence against black communities as mutual, two-sided fights rather than racist attacks. The Florida Education Association, a statewide teachers union with 150,000 members, caused the new rules a step backward. Meanwhile, civil rights organizations of Florida have been galvanizing support for the upcoming local elections to undo recent education laws they deem racist. They say it's an all-out attack on black Americans and black history. They have banned ideas, and that's the first sign of decline in a society. The law allowing these changes to be adopted by the state's Department of Education is being challenged in court. Earlier this year, the DeSantis administration rejected a College Board Advanced Placement course on African American history. The governor and Republican presidential hopeful has been using cultural wars in his fight to win his party's nomination. That was Nisa Soledad Perez on a controversial new curriculum in Florida. Finally, in Asia, Thursday marks the 70th anniversary of the signing of the armistice that ended fighting on the Korean Peninsula. A high-level Chinese delegation is visiting North Korea to attend commemorative activities to mark the occasion. The Chinese People's Volunteer Army fought in the war to resist U.S. aggression and aid Korea between 1950 and 1953. Zhang Qing in Pyongyang has more about the Chinese delegation's visit. The delegation was invited by the Workers' Party of the DPRK and the government. It's being led by Li Hongzhong, a member of the political bureau of the CPC Central Committee. After flying to Pyongyang Wednesday, the delegation had a meeting with Che Longhai, chairman of the standing committee of the DPRK Supreme People's Assembly, the fourth vice president of the State Affairs Commission. On Thursday, schedule is a visit to Friendship Tower and the Fatherland Liberation War Victory Museum, followed by commemorative report conference before military parade to mark Victory Day. On the third day of the visit, the delegation is due to visit Huichang Country by special train before flying back to Beijing in the evening. It's the first time the DPRK has invited other countries' delegations to attend domestic events in Pyongyang after COVID pandemic. There was Zhang in Pyongyang. Typhoon Doksuri has killed at least six people in the Philippines. The storm has toppled trees and left thousands without power. The weather system is making its way towards the southeastern parts of the Chinese mainland. Before it makes landfall between Fujian and Guangdong provinces, the typhoon dumped heavy downpours on Taiwan, killing at least one person. Andy Lee reports from Taipei. 
The island of Taiwan is experiencing the impact of Typhoon Doctory. The trees are swaying hard due to the strong wind, and we have heavy rain on the island. The entire island is feeling strong wind and heavy rain. Now, in fact, in the Pingdong County, eastern part of the island, many roads are closed due to mudslide warnings. And in fact, in the area where they do have mudslide warnings, entire villages in the mountains are evacuated for the safety of the residents. Another county, in Hualien County, also on eastern Taiwan, there are many flash floods in addition to mudslide. And in fact, one person has been washed away by flash flood and found to have been drowned. This is the one single fatality casualty thus far on the island of Taiwan. That was Andy Lee reporting amid Typhoon Doxury in Taiwan. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. Wildfires across Greece have abated, but firefighters are still battling on several fronts, including on Rose Island. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan says China's development is not a threat. And Thursday marks the 70th anniversary of the signing of an armistice agreement, which ended fighting on the Korean Peninsula. That concludes this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. And Wang Zihang, thank you for listening.